Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And we are back after a long weekend. Laura, how was yours? I hear you are being a favourite auntie. I know. I sound like I've had a hard partying weekend drinking, which I, <laughs> look, I did a little bit. But yeah, I've been in full auntie mode with my family in Queensland. I think the best part of it was I organised the Easter egg hunt for Easter Sunday. Really important job. Strategically hid all the eggs around my sister's backyard and didn't realise that my four-year-old nephew secretly went behind me and hid extra stuff that only he knew about. So when we went for the Easter egg hunt, (laughs) he had this overflowing basket of different things. Like he strategically placed them there so he would win. This child is a genius. (laughs) I know. That's how you play smarter, not harder. So he obviously won. How about you? My weekend was the opposite. I didn't do anything, which was exactly what I needed. Although I did consume a lot of media about something I think not a lot of people will be surprised we are talking about today. The biggest breakup news in a very long time broke this weekend as Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn's relationship ended after more than six years. And this was reported around the world. Today, we have to talk about it from the timing to the reaction to debunking a number of conspiracies that have popped up because, you know, of course they have. You can't have Taylor without a conspiracy. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gosh? I want more headlines. Okay, some interesting movie news from over the weekend. So it was announced at a Star Wars celebration in London over the weekend that Daisy Ridley, the star of the last Star Wars trilogy, if you're a nerd like Chelsea and I and you were super (laughs) into this, will return as the character of Rey for a new Star Wars feature film, which is going to be the first Star Wars film released since 2019's The Rise of Skywalker, which was a bit of a controversial movie starring Daisy Ridley if you're across that whole situation. So this new movie, which was a bit of a shock, I think fans were not expecting this to be announced, is going to follow the kind of aftermath of The Rise of Skywalker and will focus on Rey as she builds a new Jedi Order. So we're pretty excited about that. So the project is marking a lot of different milestones for the franchise, but I think one of the most important ones to point out is that it's being directed by Charmaine Obey Shinoy, who will be the first woman and the first person of colour to ever direct a Star Wars movie. So that is pretty epic. So she is a Pakistani filmmaker. She's won two Academy Awards for documentary shorts in 2011 and 2015. And most recently, she directed two episodes of Ms. Marvel for Disney+. Plus. So super excited to see her reinvent the franchise and come in with a really fresh voice. So today, The Hollywood Reporter broke some very interesting news that Kim Kardashian has been cast alongside Emma Roberts in season 12 of Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story. 
In a statement, Murphy said, Kim is among the biggest and brightest television stars in the world and we are thrilled to welcome her to the Horror Story family. He then says, Emma and I are excited about collaborating with this true force in the culture. Hallie Pfeiffer has written a fun, stylish and ultimately terrifying role, especially for Kim. And this season is ambitious and unlike anything we have ever done before. Now, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Kim and Ryan Murphy are actually friends, and he began crafting this idea after he was impressed by her turn hosting SNL in 2021. Kim confirmed this in a very cryptic Instagram post with a video that said, Emma and Kim are delicate. So there's not too much we know so far, but we do know that the name of the upcoming season, Delicate, is in reference to an upcoming book by Danielle Valentine called Delicate Condition, which is about a woman who becomes convinced that a sinister figure is going to great lengths to make sure her pregnancy never happens. Laura, your reaction to this this morning was passionate, to say the least. What are you thinking? Okay, when I initially heard this announcement, I have to say I'm a huge American Horror Story fan. I think it's such a clever franchise. And one of the ways they kind of build excitement for every season, because for anyone who's not across, every season is a different story, different characters, some crossover from old episodes now that we're, you know, a few seasons into the series, with a lot of the same cast coming back and playing different characters and always bringing in a few exciting guest stars or new characters into the rotation. So the excitement for every Every season is what is the theme going to be? What is the name going to be of the show? Because it could be anything from like a haunted house to an asylum to a freak show to a witch's coven. Like every series has its own story. So the announcement is always a huge deal and the cast is always a huge, huge deal of who's coming back and who's going to be the new face. And Kim Kardashian, I was just absolutely horrified <laughs> when I first saw it. And, you know, I respect Kim Kardashian. I've said on the record, on this podcast, I do believe she is the closest thing in this modern world that we have to a movie star in terms of name recognition and <laughs> franchise. I do. I know, and I laugh every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I stand by that in terms of being a brand, a movie star brand. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing against her, and I think that she was great hosting SNL. My issue here is that the caliber of actors on this show has always been incredibly high in terms of Connie Britton, Jessica Lange, Sarah Paulson, Evan Peters, like really strong award-winning actors who have been like highly trained in this area to bring these stories to life. Kim Kardashian, I know, has done like a few little acting spots here and there, little cameos over the years, but she hasn't done anything like that for over over 10 years. She's not a trained actress. I think she'd be the first one to say that. And the fact that she's going to be a lead in this series, I just think that's going to completely take away from the storytelling. I want to trust Ryan Murphy's vision because he's really good at stunt casting or really tapping into current pop culture and bringing that into American Horror Story. I know I sound hysterical right now, but (laughs) it's just like this is a big deal for my people because in the past he's done some really clever stunt casting. Like he had Joan Collins come in as like the Murder House Coven crossover because he was tapping into an interesting kind of fandom. Like Adam Levine was in there, you know, like disgraced I'm going to name my kid Sumner, Adam (laughs) Levine. But he was used really cleverly in an opening scene where he was brutally murdered having sex in an abandoned asylum. Like, that's just good casting. Like, Stevie Nicks has been on there playing a witch because her fans think she's a witch. Mm. Naomi Campbell played a fictional Vogue editor. Like, they're really good at tapping into these really interesting parts of pop culture and bringing it over to the show. But having Kim Kardashian be the lead, I think is just going to take away 
from the storytelling. I just don't believe that woman can lead a TV show. <laughs> just to play devil's advocate, you know, Lady Gaga started off her acting career on American Horror Story and now she's Oscar nominated. Now she's taken really seriously and she's going to be Harley Quinn. So could this potentially be the beginning of a Kim Kardashian Oscar campaign? Look, I wouldn't hate it. That feels like a different situation, though, <laughs> because she had trained as an actress beforehand. And look, I was hesitant about that as well. But she kind of did okay, but also she was playing a Lady Gaga character that was written for her, a creepy vampire. So I understand that a character has been written for Kim where she can play herself. But it feels like there was a way, I think, to tap into pop culture without making her the lead. I will just say, though, that Ryan Murphy is obsessed with young women from very famous families and, like, doing horrible things to them. That's why Emma Roberts is there, <laughs> Billy Lord, Kaya Gerber's the latest one to enter. So I can understand his fascination with Kim Kardashian. Look, I will withhold my judgment until I see it. I'll go in with an open mind. But I don't feel good about this, guys. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So over the weekend when this news broke, I nearly called you, Chelsea, to do a welfare (laughs) check because you are the biggest Swifty I know. And people everywhere were melting down. People were crying on their Instagram videos. There's all these TikToks of people trying to rip down the Cornelia Street sign that's featured in her song. And that is because it was announced that Taylor Swift and her longtime partner, something husband, Joe Alwyn, broke up after six years together. It was reported. So first of all, we should say at the time of recording, there's been no official announcement from Taylor or Joe. We don't expect that to be coming. That's not their style. But it was first reported by Entertainment Tonight. It also had been like on sites like Dumois a few days earlier. No one took it seriously because these reports do float around from time to time. But then People Magazine reported it, which we know is the publication that a lot of people in the entertainment industry break news through and have their publicists be the source or them be the source and the fact that people ran it without the report in front of it because sometimes they know it's true but they haven't got someone internally on the record they'll say report even though they know Mm -hmm. it's true but this one just came out Taylor Swift Joe Alwyn break up after six years together she's on her era's tour at the moment there's been a lot of speculation that Joe hadn't been there and then this really seems to cement it so that happened Swifties kind of had a collective emotional breakdown and then the conspiracy theory started so Chelsea where were you when you heard this news it's gonna be one of those moments that I'll like <laughs> always remember where I was I was just sitting on my balcony eating my bagel having my coffee and I was just like <gasps> and I turned to my partner I was like Taylor and Joe broke up and he's like I don't care he can't be in a relationship with you for this many years and not care about that exactly I'm like listing off the songs that this impacts and he's like oh okay okay yeah. he, he knows the songs <laughs> yes I have to say, like, this was shocking, but in a way I had suspicions for a couple of weeks. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say. 
So she's obviously on her Eras tour, right? That's been going, I think there's been about seven shows, so three weekends. And on the third weekend, she actually switched up the set list, which is pretty rare. She does like a surprise song acoustic set in each show, and that's different. But otherwise, the normal sort of set list, she never really changes that throughout tours. But on the third weekend, she changed the song Invisible String to The One. So Invisible String is a song all about, you know, fate bringing two people who are meant to be together together. And the one is very different about looking at a past love and being like, well, it would have been fun if you were the one. But it would have been fun if you would have been the one. So that was interesting. You also had Jack Antonoff, her closest collaborator, Selena Gomez, at those Texas shows. So not the opening weekends, but kind of a random third weekend show to turn up to in the middle of right. Texas. Just a couple of things that were just like, this feels unusual. You know what I mean? Your swifty senses were tingling. <laughs> I'm also seeing a video all over TikTok that is her crying while singing a song called Champagne Problems. And it's specifically, there's a bridge and it's about like a woman who rejects a proposal. And there's a video where it looks like she's crying and everyone's like, oh, she must be so sad about Joe, Ruddy Ruddy ra. I hate that. It's taking things out of context, and I, I'm getting really angry. That song came after she had just sung a song called Marjorie, which was about her grandmother who died. Right. And it was like a really emotional song for her. And also that's the song where she says she was most excited to sing it along with fans, and so obviously there would be some emotion with 70,000 people singing a song back to you, right? And so I just think when you have things shared like that, you completely lose the context, and it's important to sort of take a step back and be like, is that true? And in this case, like, I don't think so. Wow, that is so interesting. You're right, because I have seen that video all over TikTok. And I, because I'm not super across, like, her back catalogue of songs, the meaning behind them, and I haven't been, like, I've seen clips from the Eras tour, but I'm not sure, you know, what the significance is of each performance. I did believe at face value, which I definitely shouldn't have done because I know better, that she was crying on stage because she was singing a song that reminded her of Joe. But it'll be like some of the clips from the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, clips mm. of Meghan Mark that have gone around where they seem to prove one theory but they're completely false videos but because TikTok doesn't regulate that people only ever see the false video not the story behind it. Yeah exactly and I feel like that loses a little bit of media literacy not to get all like high horse about it. Yeah no that's a fair point. You even have people that are thinking this isn't true because it hasn't directly come from Taylor Swift I'm like she's not gonna make a statement like when people says like source close to the couple like that is her publicist you know what I mean and if you look at how this all came out Easter weekend it's you know her first weekend off since the tour began it's a couple of weeks after people published this cushy thing that was like Joe hasn't been able to make it to the show but he's fine which looking back now is a pretty standard stalling tactic in terms of how Hollywood relationships sort of come apart publicly my algorithm obviously on TikTok is very catered to me so I'm seeing these clips of the concerts everywhere but I feel like the focus for the last month has been on her career about these eras about the successes about her longevity because this is her 17th year being, you know, Taylor Swift. Yeah. And so from a PR perspective, she's probably the most popular she's ever been. And so to give her that month of being at the peak and then dropping this news, I feel like this is perfect PR. 
if it's perfect PR, what do you think of those stories that have now come out in people, like the follow-up stories that are sort of talking about them having different personalities and that her level of fame was too high and he couldn't deal with it anymore? I love that like a Taylor Swift breakup has to come with a side of conspiracy theories because now I've seen all these stories that she was going to sort of keep the news secret longer so that she could just concentrate on the tour. But it looks like Joe's PR camp might have potentially have leaked the information and they have then come out with this story that kind of puts him in the better light to her as being like the person who's just there for the art and who wants to live a quiet life and she's the one who's like chasing the fame. She has been open about not feeling like a person and like struggling with her level of fame, which I think is just a whole nother level of fame. And, you know, she's spoken about in songs about, you know, being able to give everything in a relationship other than peace because there is constant scrutiny on her life. And I don't think this is a new thing or even like a villainous thing. Like that is just the nature of her life, right? But I also just think it's potentially trying to get a step ahead because unfortunately anyone who's in Taylor's life gets sort of drawn into this negativity like no one is a villain here like it's a nearly seven-year relationship shit changes like shit happens let's be nice I hope that's the case (laughs) yeah I think it's interesting that people are looking for these clues and easter eggs about such a recent breakup in this tour that she's doing now but I feel like from what we know about Taylor Swift that's not going to happen in real time. Like, I feel like that's not her style. It's going to happen way down the track in her next album where there'll be some sort of song lyrics that allude to it. But she doesn't seem like the kind of person who would weave it into her show at the moment, yeah? Yeah, she's going to pop up on stage in Florida on Friday, our time, and say nothing. Well, thoughts and prayers with you and all fellow Swifties (laughs) who are having a difficult time with this. (laughs) I'm fine, guys, I swear. I'm fine. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and executive produced by Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au and over on The Spill Instagram. Bye. Bye. Bye.